share with you. It's from Psalm 23, verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to read it once more. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the Father's love actually follows us, yeah? God's love follows us into life. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Every moment, every step, every hour, every relationship, every circumstance, God's love actually follows us into that. So we never walk into an empty place, but every step we take, God's love follows us. That's kind of cool, isn't it? So we are just followed by love around the clock. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we are followed by love. So God's promise to us is that we're actually never alone and that we're continually loved. There's not one second, there's not one moment, there's not one circumstance where we're not completely loved by God. So he's a faithful father, yeah? And he promises that he'll actually never leave us, he will never forsake us, and that his love will follow us forever and ever and ever. So Father God is kind of like a good stalker, yeah? <laughs> he is. He's like a good stalker, a healthy stalker, because his love follows us and follows us and follows us. Sometimes when we don't even want his love to follow us, his love keeps following us. Sometimes when we want to exclude him from places in our lives, his love continues to follow us. Even when we feel like we're in places where we're not worthy of his love or we're not meeting the expectations that we put upon ourselves, his love continues to follow us and continues to follow us and continues to follow us. So he's a healthy stalker, not a bad stalker. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, he's there. Every moment, every second, he's there. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 says, Love never fails. So if God is love, then that actually means that God will never fail us. God will never, ever fail us. So he won't give up on us. He won't stop loving us. He'll never walk away from us or change how he feels about us. I love that. So when it says love never fails, it means his love won't dwindle. His love won't fade away. His love won't pass or die away. He loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he loves you. 2 Chronicles 5 verse 13 says, His love endures forever. So God's love for you and God's love for me endures forever. So nothing is going to change how he feels. Nothing is going to alter how he feels about you. Yeah, His love persists. His love is constant. His love is lasting and permanent in our lives which is kind of really cool in an uncertain world, yeah? It's kind of really cool in a, in a world where love can change and people's feelings for us can change 
and how people see us can change and love can be really conditional. Having a steadfast love that never changes, that never goes anywhere, that doesn't alter, that follows us and follows us and follows us provides this rock that we can actually stand upon, provides this rock that we can live upon. So no matter what you're going through, no matter where we're at, no matter the place we're travelling through, if it's dark, if it's hard, if it's challenging, God's in the midst. God's love doesn't change. If you've messed it up, if you're feeling rotten about yourself, God's love never changes. God's feelings for you are constant. Yeah? His promise to you is that his love for you will persist. His love will stay. His love will remain. His love will be unchanging. He's not bailing out. He's not giving up. He's not saying, oh my gosh, look at that ugly moment they're having. I'm out of here. Look at how unlovely they're behaving. My love is changing. But God's love is steadfast. That's the perfect love of the Father. That's why he's a good, good Father. That's why he's the perfect love, the perfect Father, because his love goes on and on and on and on. When things change in our world, his love goes on. When the circumstances of our life change, his love goes on. When we feel rotten, his love goes on. When we mess it all up, his love goes on. When we feel totally broken, His love goes on. That's the perfect love of Father God. He's a good, good father. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 1 John 3 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. He's our Abba, Father. He's our perfect Father. He is our good, good Father. He is dependable. He is steadfast. He is unchanging. His love is completely radical and extravagant. It is not conditional and he pours it out and pours it out and pours it out. And we're his precious children. We are his sons and we are his daughters. So on Father's Day, it's actually a joy to remember that we have a heavenly Father that totally loves us. Yeah? And that he is strong enough to protect us. He is engaged enough to actually teach us, to journey with us, to walk through the journey with us. And he's actually tender enough to love us, to embrace us, to hug us. And he is alive enough to walk the journey with us. So... That was my introduction. We have some great, beautiful fathers this morning that are actually just going to share for a couple of minutes on how they have experienced God as a father. Because I actually want you to hear people's hearts on how they've experienced God as a father because God is a good, good father. So Ross, would you like to come up? And Dion, they're going to share 
for a couple of minutes how they've experienced God as a father. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I guess uh, there's, there's two things for me that I'm completely... Un when, when I talk about the father and the father heart of God, there's two things for me that completely underpin the way I look at God as father. One of them I believe really squarely, I'm very, very convinced of, and that is that we're all made to look like him. And we're made in his image, right? And... Um, you can look from us to him, from us to him, from us to him, and you get the likeness. You know, you can look at him and learn about us, and you can look at us and learn about him. That's one thing that I really very firmly believe. The other thing that I am being convinced of is that I am a precious son. That's a work in progress, right? That's something I haven't fully believed in the way that I believe that I'm made in the image of him, right? That's what com those two things completely underpin everything I'm about to say. Um, and then there's two other things that I want to share in terms of the way God's Father heart works out in my life. Um, the f the, these are just, just two that came to me during the week. There's heaps, heaps more, but these two beautiful things. One of the things that he does, I love the way he, he teaches me how to parent. Um, because one thing, I, in particular, one thing I've noticed is that whenever I, whenever I do something willful, whenever I do something quite deeply sinful, um, whenever I really, really stuff up, I have never, ever been repaid by him with harshness or cruelty. I've always been shown incredible kindness by Father Ryan. And it has taken a long time for him modelling that to get through my testosterone-soaked brain and actually try and do that to my children. He, he set the model for me to whenever they really stuff up, whenever they really go wrong, whenever they're down and discouraged, to try, I try, I don't always succeed, I, I fail miserably many times, to repay them or to surround them with kindness and goodness. Um, the, other, the other thing that um, I love about God is the moments when he fathers me really, really deeply. And something happened this week that I just want to share with you. I'm, I work as an interstate truck driver um, and every night of the week I drive between 1,000 and 1,200 kilometres in, in a big truck. And, um, but this, this week, normally I drive into South Australia or New South Wales and I meet a man in the middle of nowhere and we swap trucks. He goes back to his city and I come back here with his truck. But on Wednesday night this week I was asked to take just the prime mover of a truck for anyone that doesn't know, that's the bit at the front that, that comes off and the driver stays in, okay? That, just that bit, I had to drive one of them up to Wagga. And it, I was asked to do four of them this week, four trips up, four trucks, brand new, up to Wagga. And I said, no, I don't want to do it because... <laughs> um, because whenever you do that, you have to come back with another driver and you just sit in their truck and you're a bit of a captive audience. And it... <clears throat> A lot of those drivers can be, they're just preachers without a congregation, really. And uh, you can find yourself just stuck, really, really stuck for five, six, whatever hours. And so I said, no, nah, look, I'll just do one. And I was glad that I did because, yeah, he was, you know, 
he was preaching it, you know. And, and, and so about an hour into the journey, I said, look, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm really tired. I'm just going to hop in the bunk, right? And he's like, yeah, 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 no worries, mate. And as soon as I hopped in the bunk, he turned the radio on full blast. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's really going to help me sleep. So after about three quarters of an hour of that, I actually just prayed. This is not the point. But I, I, did, I prayed, Father, please give him a reason to turn it off. And within a minute, click, it was off. And I went, ah. I didn't go to sleep actually, something really unexpected happened. I was lying on the bunk and, and all, all the noise of the road and the rhythm of the engine and the drone and the tyre noise coming came up through the floor and through the mattress and I was, I was lying there and before I knew it I just started to cry. And I'm crying and crying and I'm like, what is this about, you know? Um, and, uh, and suddenly it, it all came to me. Um, when we were young, when I was young in the 60s and 70s, we lived in outback Australia and we travelled every month in a combi, no seatbelts. We would travel from where we lived down to Brisbane to visit my mother's parents. So many, many hours without seatbelts, we all just took a seat or the floor, or the seat, or the floor, or the seat, or the engine of the combi, right? That's where everyone was spaced while my father drove. And in those, I, I, I actually spent two hours just lying on that bed, on that bunk, bouncing and feeling, just crying. I just crying, crying, crying. It was a very quiet truck, and I was trying to not sob because I was, my head was right behind the other guy driving, and I, I was deeply, deeply moved. Because what God made me remember in that time is those times when my father drove that combi and it was always overnight. And there would be times towards dawn or if you just got suddenly woken, I would climb over seats and I would go up the front and I would sit with my father who would just drive faithfully and safely all through the night. And in that moment... On those moments, that hour and a half, two hours that I was lying there, just sweetly rocked by a, an ancient memory and a present reality, God just said to me, I'm driving. You don't have to be afraid. You just relax and trust me, just like you did your earthly father. It was just beautifully parented in that moment. Cool. That is so good. So Mel asked me um, a couple of weeks ago to share um, some ways that God has fathered me. And uh, a, few, a fair few things came to mind. So I might list just a few of them and I'll go into just details about one. But uh, he's taken me um, out of passivity and freezing and taught me to be assertive and powerful. He's taken fear out of my life and it's left me incredibly bold. He showed me how to be a better father and husband. He brought balance into my life. It took me out of extremism. He restored a childlikeness to be able to clown around and not be so serious all the time. He brought restoration to my heart that enabled me to feel for others and not just myself, to be able to feel somebody else's pain and somebody else's joy. And he also brought a huge measure of joy back into my life. Father, mainly fathers me 
by giving me revelation, just after revelation, seriously. Um, the area that I want to talk about that I feel to talk about, which is interesting considering Mel's introduction, is the area of one of esteem, how I feel about myself or how I felt about myself. So a little bit of background, at high school I got um, uh, bullied, UK beautiful. I got heavily bullied verb uh, verbally and physically and uh, the message that my heart believed but from that was nobody likes me, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, I can't do it. And the father broke through incredibly and he, it showed me kindness, kindness, we're hearing kindness, so much kindness, he showed me grace. In the place of living in mess, you know, I change a lot of nappies he, um, and sometimes I don't intend to make a mess, you know. There was once a time where I would feel really bad about myself for making a mess or being in a mess, but now, because of the love that God's shown me and taught me to feel for myself, I make a mess with a nappy and I don't care. It's okay. Everybody does it. It's human. It's normal. Uh, so uh, the Father showed me that mistakes are learning opportunities. Mm. Um, the Father has brought so much security to my life by just loving me unconditionally, no matter what, saying that it's okay, even when I, I can't fix something and I want to, and I, but I can't, he says it's okay, it's okay, it's all right with me, we will, we will fix this in time, and we have done, which is amazing. The Father also says, says to me, I'm awesome, and now I, I believe that too, I'm awesome, I'm all right, without being cocky, I'm actually all right, I actually now can love myself, love myself which enables me to care for others and love them better because I'm in a place where I can can give and he's brought so much security to my heart that I now no longer worry about what other people think I consider because I care about them but I don't let what other people think hold me back Dion. Thank you so much, Ross and Dion. It's good to hear other people's journeys, isn't it? It's good to how they hear how they actually experience Father. Because you know what it shows us? It shows us that we can experience the same thing. That what God had for them, he can actually have for us. That same breakthrough they had in their lives is available to us. Because God loves us all the same, yeah? So I have a question on Father's Day. If we have a perfect heavenly father, if we have a good, good father, then why did God give us fathers? Why did God give us fathers? <clears throat> and why did God name men fathers after himself? Because we all know that he's Father God. So why did he name men fathers? Because he could have called men anything. Could have called them a good cook, a bad cook, a I don't cook. 
He could have called them controllers of the television, remote control. Could have called them providers. Could have called them strong. Could have called them lovers of coffee. Could have called them lovers of food. God could have called men anything. So why did he actually name them fathers? Because names have very strong meanings. Names have very significant meanings. And I actually believe that the reason that God called our earthly fathers fathers is because they were supposed to be a taste of a little bit of heaven on earth. Yeah? Our earthly fathers were supposed to pour out a little bit of God's love, a little bit of God's peace, a little bit of God's strength, a little bit of God's grace. A little bit of God's goodness, kindness, patience, yeah? Our earthly fathers are created by God to display heaven on earth. Fathers, you're actually created to display Papa God. You're created to display Abba Father on earth. So I want you to imagine a world, close your eyes everyone, I want you to imagine a world where our earthly fathers mimicked our heavenly father. I actually want you to imagine what that would be like. With the whole world of fathers mimicking the love of Father God. A world that is completely inundated by the love of God. Unconditional love. Love that just flows and flows and flows. A love where there is so much kindness and compassion and forgiveness from our fathers. Fathers that are totally engaged, completely engaged, totally present in every moment they spend with us. Fathers that bring their A-game every single day. Phones, computers, the pressures of life, Television, they all take a back seat to spending time with children. Fathers that are full of wisdom, that actually have guidance and truth and answers for the situations that we walk through in our lives. Fathers that speak wisdom and life continually into our lives. Fathers that always accept, always encourage, always believe in us. Fathers that are always available. Because I actually believe that's the kind of world that God planned and purposed. That's actually the picture God had of fathers. Fathers are created for complete greatness, yeah? Absolute greatness. Fathers are created to bring heaven to earth, nothing less. That's actually what God wants. Can you imagine the healing that would take place on planet earth? Can you imagine the brokenness that would be brokenness no more? Can you imagine children actually totally valuing who they are? And who God's created them to be. 
not questioning themselves, not doubting themselves, not wondering if we've got what it takes or not, but children that totally know who they are and whose they are. Can you imagine the extension of love on planet Earth? Can you imagine a planet that is so loved up, that is so encouraged up, that is so forgiven, that is so full of the goodness of God? Can you imagine? There would not even be jails anymore. Jails wouldn't exist. We wouldn't even need them because the love of fathers would heal our entire nation. The love of fathers would heal planet Earth. The extension of heaven on earth through fathers would bring so much healing. They say in prisons that about 86% of men hate their fathers. Yeah? Or have no relationship with their fathers. Can you imagine the healing that would take place if we loved like Papa God, yeah? If we treated like Papa God. If we poured out goodness like Papa God. Earthly fathers are meant to bring heaven to earth. And it's, inc it's an incredible responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. Does it scare you? <laughs> Women have a huge responsibility too. Women have a great calling. But today it's Father's Day, so we'll talk about women another time. It's exciting, but it's kind of scary. If I was a dad, I would kind of be a bit scared about that. If I was a dad, I would be a little bit overwhelmed about that. How do I be this man that God's called me to be? How do I be this father that God has actually destined me to be? God must believe in me, yeah? God must believe in you a whole lot to call you fathers. God must believe in you a whole lot to actually name you that and destine you that and call you that. He must believe that you're pretty amazing. He must believe that you're pretty extraordinary to name you fathers. God was being very intentional when he did that. And it's not about pressure. And it's not about performance, it's actually about being a gift to the world, yeah? Because names have great meanings. When we named our children, their names had great meanings. When we named Samuel, well, we didn't really name our children, God named our children. So when we had Samuel, we had been trying to have children for a long time. When we named Samuel, we had had a number of miscarriages, so we were just believing and trusting God that he was going to give us a child. So after I had my first miscarriage, God actually told me that I would have a son and his name would mean Samuel, which means asked of God or promised of God. That's actually the name that Samuel means. So before we even had him, God named him. Before we even had him, God gave us his name because in his name there was a promise that God would come through. In his name there was a promise that God would be faithful. In his name there was a promise that the things that we were praying for, God was actually going to bring to fruition. Yeah? And then when we named Nathan. Superman, is that your name? When we named Nathan, it was extraordinary because Samuel was five or six months old. He was pretty little and I found out I was having another baby and I was, and I had a baby. I had a baby and I found out I was having another baby. So I was kind of super excited and super overwhelmed. 
all at the same time about that. I thought, wow, I'm just trying to learn how to be a mother for the first time and now I get to be one for a second time. And you know what God said? Your son's name is going to be Nathan because Nathan means gift from God. So Nathan actually means gift from God. Is it okay if mummy talks? Superman. So Nathan actually means gift from God. And God's promise was that in feeling overwhelmed that my son was going to be a great gift, that he was going to be a great gift to us. He was going to be a great gift in our lives, but he was actually going to be a great gift to planet Earth. He was going to be a great gift to everyone that meets him, to everyone that knows him, to everyone that encounters him in his life. And I do just declare that over Nathan today, that he is the gift of God in our lives, that he is the gift of God in our church family's life, and that he is a gift of God in planet Earth, yeah? You're a true gift, Nathan. So when God called you fathers, yeah, he was actually calling out greatness in you. He was actually calling out heaven in you. He was calling out wisdom. He was calling out grace. He was calling out love. He was calling out compassion. He was calling out kindness. He was actually calling all these things out in you when he named you fathers. God is very intentional, yeah? And I know that as a man and a spiritual father or a physical father, it's exciting and overwhelming. So how do you actually do that? How do you display heaven on earth? How do you be the father that God's called you to be? How do you bring healing to a nation because you are just an extension of Father God to everyone around you? Well, it's pretty simple because God actually showed me the key. I'm not a father, but God said to me, the best way to become the best father you can be is to learn to be a son. The best way to learn to be the best father you can be is to learn to become a son. Because if you learn how to be a son, like Ross was saying, he'll actually teach you how to be a great father. Yeah? If you're just trying to be a great father without involving God in the process, it's probably going to be really difficult. It's going to be really hard to bring heaven to earth if you're just trying to do it in your own strength. Yeah? You're probably going to fall short in everything God believes for you and has for you. But if you can learn to be a son and learn to sit at the father's feet, he'll actually show you how to be a father. You know what? If we can just enjoy being with the father, if we can just enjoy sitting at his feet, if we can just enjoy being in his presence, if we can sit and just enjoy being loved by God, being loved on by God, then he would teach us how to be sons and daughters. Because if we sit at his feet and receive his love, then we'll actually know how to give his love. If we sit at his feet and allow him to speak wisdom and direction into our lives, we'll actually be able to speak wisdom and direction into our children's lives. If we can sit at his feet and receive love and kindness when we've messed it up, that was such a great word, Ross. You know, when we've messed it up and we've fallen short, and the Father is never harsh, 
And the Father is never judgmental, but he just extends grace. He extends forgiveness. He corrects us, but he does it so beautifully. And he does it so lovingly that it's so easy to receive. If we can receive that, we can actually give that to others, yeah? He'll show you. He'll actually show you if we just take the time to be with the Father. If we take the time to sit with the Father, he'll navigate the journey of life. Because he actually doesn't want to make it hard. He didn't name your fathers and then say, I'm going to make it really hard for them to meet this expectation. I'm going to make it super hard for them to be extraordinary fathers. He actually called you fathers and named you fathers and destined you to be fathers. And then he said, I want to make it easy for them. I actually want to show them how they can do this thing. I want to make it totally possible for them to completely walk out what I've destined them to do. God doesn't call us to something and then make it difficult, yeah? God calls us to something and then he shows us step by step by step by step how to be the people that he's called us to be. Whether that's as fathers, whether that's as something else. God, if we sit at the Father's feet, if we just sit and enjoy his love, if we sit and enjoy relationship with him, then he shows us step by step by step how to be the people that he's called us to be. Yeah? And he's calling out fathers. Yeah? You don't, <laughs> you don't have to have it all worked out. Don't have to go to 10 years of fathering school. Although I'm sure it's helpful. It's great. You simply need to learn to be a son. There's kind of a joy in that. There's a release in that. I just need to learn to be a son. I actually get to sit at the father's feet. I get to sit and spend time with the father and he'll teach me. He'll show me. He'll guide me. He'll direct me, yeah? Because God needs a revolution of fathers on planet Earth. God needs a revolution of fathers that actually know how to be the fathers God's called them to be. He needs fathers that bring heaven to earth. He needs fathers that extend the fullness of his love, the fullness of his goodness, the fullness of his grace. He actually needs fathers to be fathers. He actually wants you to live up to all the expectations that that name means, yeah? One of the greatest privileges you're ever going to have is to be a father. And you know what? As a family of God, if we can introduce men to Father God, if we can introduce men to Father God and they would learn to be a son, then God would teach them to be extraordinary fathers. If we can introduce people to the gift of Father God and the love of Father God and they would know what it is to be a son, we would have some extraordinary fathers, yeah? That's why it's a journey of faith. It's not about your title. It's not about your position in the church. It's not about what you are doing or what you, what you aren't doing. It's actually about who you're becoming in God. It's your journey with the Father. It's your journey of learning to be a son, yeah? And extending the love of Father God on planet Earth because our Heavenly Father is perfect in all these ways, yeah? Because our Heavenly Father is a good, good Father that wants to take you on the journey with him. 
Dads, you're never alone. You're actually never alone, not for one single second, not for one single moment. God is there all the way with you. You know that love that follows you and follows you and follows you? That love is following you. That love is speaking wisdom. That love is speaking direction. Yeah? God is fathering you on the journey. He doesn't expect you to do any of it alone, but to actually do all of it with him. So enjoy the journey as a son. And he'll make you the most wonderful father. Don't try and figure it all out. Just discover the joy of being a son. Just discover the joy of sitting with your father. Discover the joy of his presence. Discover the joy of his love. And then he will actually show you the rest. Yeah? So we're going to let the father sit. And the rest of us are going to stand up. We're actually going to lay hands on our fathers. Yeah, the kids, you get to do it too. So we're all going to stand up. Fathers, please sit. Find a father to lay hands on. You've got to find a father. I'm a mum. I'm a mum. So go find a father to lay hands on, yeah? Everybody make sure there's no fathers on their own. So kids, you can go and find some fathers because we're laying hands on spiritual fathers. We're laying hands on physical fathers because all men are called to be spiritual fathers, yeah? And we actually just want to declare something over you today, okay? We want to say that we actually believe in you and we trust you and we truly believe in the Father that God has called you to be. At Mount Clear, we actually release you to the all the fullness of the Father that God has called you to be. We release you to rise up and be heaven on earth to planet earth. Fathers, we honour you for the fathers that you are and for the fathers that you're becoming. We honour you for the love you give so generously and unconditionally every day to your families. We honour you for the sacrifices you make and the provision that you bring to our families. We honour you for the love you display and the children that you're raising with us. We honour you for the strength and stability that you bring into our home and our children. We love you and we celebrate you today. We thank you, Father, for the gift of fathers. We thank you that you created fathers, that you named fathers, and that you destined fathers to be an extension of your love and your goodness and your grace on planet Earth. And we pray, God, that you would bring all of our fathers into just a wonderful place as sitting as sons, as sitting in your presence, Father, as being loved on completely by you. Let them come into such a place of rest, God, where it's such a joy to be a son. And in the joy of being a son, God, teach them, show them, equip them, anoint them to be extraordinary fathers, God extraordinary fathers in Jesus' name. We love them and we believe in them. We thank you that you named them, God, and you destined them for greatness and we believe in that greatness and we stand with them in that today. We partner with them, we pray for them, we encourage them, God, we love them and we release them to be all you have called them to be in Jesus' name. Amen. So we love you, dads.
We really love you. And we honour you for all that you do. Have a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. Have a great day eating and celebrating. And Samuel, can you get the thing in my bag? In my bag, Samuel, please. So have a wonderful Father's Day. Be spoiled, be blessed, be encouraged, be loved. I know how extraordinary you are and how much we need you. How much planet Earth needs you. How much the family of God needs you. How much every man, woman and child needs you. Yeah, other fathers need to be fathered too. When you're a great son, you can even learn to father other fathers. And Pastor Andrew, we love you because you are the father of this house. You are the father of this family. And we honour you. Can you please not interrupt? So we do honour you for being the father of this house. And I love that you're a father that actually seeks the heart of Father God. So it's very peaceful knowing that we're in a house where you seek the, fa- where you seek the heart of Father God for us. And you seek the heart of Father God for every person in this house. And that's not an easy thing to do, but you do that well. And I thank you that you display the heart of Father God. Even when it's not displayed to you, you continue to display the heart of Father God. And we love you for that. I thank you that you stand. I thank you that it's amazing. I thank you that it's full of joy. I thank you that it's completely challenging and you do it really well. So we want to honour you as the father of this house and for what you bring into this house and your heart for Father God. Amen. You can give him. We've got him a present. Happy Father's Day. Be blessed, amazing family. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for sharing the day with us. Amen.